Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of In Conversation With. My name is Janice Tan, and today we have Aisha Spears, Creative Director and Executive Editor, Asia Pacific at the Trust Wall Street Journal Barons Group. Brands nowadays are under the scrutiny to deliver and produce timely and engaging content that holds the attention of consumers in a crowded space. How does this affect the role of content for brands today, especially since content is no longer in the hands of large media companies? Today, Aisha will be sharing how her team helps brands figure out the best ways to engage their audiences and the types of content that works for consumers. The Trust is the intelligence-led creative consultancy for the Wall Street Journal Barron's Group. Among the list of clients it has worked with include Maserati, Nikon, British Airways, Tech Mahindra and Samsung. Hi Aisha, how are you? Hey Janice, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Tell us a bit about what you do as Creative Director and Executive Editor of Asia Pacific at the Trust Wall Street Journal Barron's Group. Sure. So you kind of touched on it there. We're an intelligence-led content and creative agency that lives sort of within the advertising department of the Wall Street Journal Barron's Group. We work with clients to uncover and communicate stories to our decision-making readers across branded content and live experiences such as events. My job is to lead the creative solutions we offer clients across the APAC region, working with a really great team of writers and designers and filmmakers and producers to bring together powerful ways of connecting our trusted readers with compelling sponsored stories. Well, you know, I'm sure our readers are curious to know more about the trust. Why the name and what does the team hope to convey? The trust name is really inspired by our unique privilege um, at the journal, which is research that shows that the Wall Street Journal is the most trusted national news brand in the US. Um, I think over about 80% of our readers say that the journal helps them make informed decisions. And over half of them um, say they learn about new companies they'd be interested in doing business with, both from the advertising on site and the work the newsroom does. Ultimately, and I'm sure you know this, in branded content, you know, we have these two clients, which is what makes it so exciting. We have the brand partner and we have the reader. For In our case, it's the reader of the journal, Barons or Market Watch. And both of those clients have to trust that we know the other one in order to make great branded content piece or, or great custom event. And that's where the unique offering of the trust comes in. What are the synergies between the trust and Wall Street Journal's world-famous newsroom? Well, you know, while we draw inspiration, of course, from the stories and the formats um, that our newsroom developed, because we know that these readers are very happy in that environment, they're informed by the work that our newsroom does. We do have a very strict church and state relationship, basically, when it comes to stories and interaction between branded work and newsroom work. It means that at the Trust, we're staffed by and working with a network of both in-house and freelance editors and writers who all come from journalistic backgrounds and thus focus on the same integrity of reporting and news gathering as our respected newsroom, but without any crossover or suggestion of interest between advertisers and actual news gathering. Hmm, I think it's great that the team has a church and state relationship and it's also helpful that, you know, you are tapping into the expertise of former journalists because they know what readers want. So that's easier for the team to craft relevant content too. Absolutely. It means that our clients are getting the same level of sort of 
diligence and integrity with the work. Um, but I think increasingly it's important for, again, it goes back to that two, two client situation, right? So we want the brands we work with to have that same quality and that, and that same questioning in a sense that a, a news editor or a journalist would have. But we also want our readers to be able to trust that they're not being sold content when they believe they're reading a, you know, a, an essential news piece. It's all again about building trust both ways there. Who are some of the clients you work with in Asia Pacific? Yeah, we have actually in Asia Pacific, which is really lucky to work with a really broad range of clients. As we both know, Asia's, Asia Pacific, even we broaden it that way, is a very, you know, it's a, it's a huge and diverse area. So, in fact, unlike some of our competitors, a large amount of our work comes from Japan and Korea, um, where we work with everyone from household electronic names such as Samsung and LG to large industrial powerhouses like Mitsubishi and, you know, government offices and, and luxury brands. Um, across China, we're working with lots of exciting tech companies like ZTE and, and smaller ones like Roborock. Um, and then startups from Singapore and Hong Kong, like Grab and Cakedefy and established banking clients um, such as HSBC, Citibank. And then India is actually a place that's really exciting for us. We're lucky to work with some of the world's most innovative tech providers and consultancies there, such as TCS and Tech Mahindra. Oh, I see. Why does the bulk of the work come from Japan and Korea? We just have, I think there's just a, there is a WSJ um, Japan site, which I think has a lot of um, recognition. We have a long established team um, in Tokyo that I think has always been invested in. And I think there's also, the journal holds a really strong reputation in that part of the world as a leading business voice. And I think it has an international relevance um, beyond many of the other um, business publications around the world. You also touched on India, which is an exciting region for you. What are some interesting trends you have seen in that market? I think one of the things that's really interesting with the Indian tech companies is how deeply invested they are across the world and perhaps how that message isn't clear to people. They're often working with all of the big names that we as consumers touch on every day um, a lot of those are being powered by technology and advisory from um, these these incredible Indian companies and we perhaps don't know it and so what is fascinating for us to work with is meeting these clients and sitting down on a call with them and hearing from these experts who in my opinion should be on the news every day I mean they have such deep knowledge and such passion for what they do and so those are the kind of stories which it's so fun to work with because you're really helping uncover stories and people that have great relevance to our everyday. Speaking of stories there's also plenty of content being created these days how do you help brands figure out the best way to engage their audiences and stay true to their brand? The focus, again, is, is really it's working on the brand um, on each individual brief and need. No two content solutions are really the same. They're never going to be the same. So our first challenge is to understand the problem that a brand wants to solve with the content. So are they trying to increase brand awareness? Are they trying to tap into a new market, communicate a recent piece of news, generate leads, etc. And then it's about building a story, diving into approaches, finding formats that best do that in order to meet the specific KPIs set out by the brand. And of course, building all of that 
using insights, both proprietary and external, to understand where to meet our readers' interest there. How do you know if your content resonates with your audiences? How do you measure it? Yeah, I mean, performance and data is just so important to the work that we do. Uh, It increasingly informs everything we do from the ideation stage through to tweaking things in the middle of a live campaign. We track various KPIs such as scroll depth and dwell time to video completion rates and the success of various drivers. There are some things we can tweak uh, mid-campaign and there are some things we can't. However, the performance reporting and wrap reports we provide to clients after often form the backbone of renewal campaigns because it's essential for us and for the client to know what worked and also what didn't work. Um, We're really lucky at the journal to be able to rely on really strong first-party data through Dan Jones Insight in order to inform our stories and see how those stories are performing. That's a mixture of behavioral data where we can see how readers are behaving on site. And it's also declared data from our membership network. For me, it's often important to remember that the journal was one of the first places to put up a subscriber paywall way before a lot of people. I remember when it happened and everyone was sort of confused and up in arms. But what it means is we really have this rich amount of data from a membership of loyal readers who we know very well. Um, And so it means we can mix that data to get quite a lot of scale with regard to how we advise clients on strategy and where the story should go. What type of behavior insights did you uncover, Aisha? It's different based on what we're going for, right? If we're emphasizing that each campaign is unique, and that's even each campaign from the same brand, because, you know, we're lucky to have a large number of renewal clients and each year they'll have a slightly different priority or they'll build on what they've done from the previous year. And so in terms of insights, it's about working out what it is the brand wants to do with that story and then using the insights we have. Um, We do know there are some general rules in terms of at least content, um, which we know perform well, which isn't, you know, we don't want stories that are too long. If we're doing a video, we also don't want it too long. It has all of these things have a sort of sweet spot that our performance data analysts will tell us. There are certain numbers which we know we we should aim for and shouldn't go over. We know that people resonate really well. Um, in stories and that also case studies can do well. We have to remember that our readers and viewers, when it's filmed, they're busy. We're lucky to be talking to a a quite an influential leadership set when we're we're talking to readers of the journal. And so it's about not taking up too much time and bringing not simplicity, but an informed understanding to potentially complex issues that we know will interest our readers. I'm glad you brought that point up because we are living in the world of attention deficit. What are the advice do you have for brands to ensure the investment that they are making into creating news content isn't forgotten in our 24-hour news cycle world? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important for brands to get to the root of what they offer, where they add value and what their purpose is. As you say, you know, with the click of a button, we can find any information we want, really. And that means you could click off site. You know, we don't want that. So for something new to stick in terms of content, it needs to relate to us as readers or viewers and open up some level of interest or empathy, perhaps, that's unexpected. And personally, for me, I find that that real story is often hidden in a brand, sometimes behind the marketing message and agency campaign that will initially get um, delivered. It's often held in the stories of people who have worked at the place for a long time. So 
For example, we're currently working uh, with a well-known Japanese electronics company who are famous for their medical equipment, probably. They do a lot of stuff, but most of us probably see their names um, in medical environments. And during an initial meeting with one of their team, we learned about what drew this particular employee into working with them. And he was so passionate um, about his role and about joining them. And we weren't necessarily meeting him to talk about his role. We were meeting him to learn more about the company and the upcoming campaign. And through him, we really uncovered this long history of this particular company investing in equality in society. And the passion of this person we spoke to inspired then a totally different approach to the story, rather than simply sort of sticking to the innovative and frankly life-saving machinery that this company invents. We're actually now getting stuck into a really genuine a sort of quiet leadership um, that this company shows in empowering less supported communities in the workplace across the world. And so when clients are open to working with us to uncover these sorts of stories, and in a sense, getting the true value out of working with an agency that's staffed by people with a sort of journalistic mindset and with this sort of data behind us, it's often where we find stories that go past that sort of news press release or or current marketing message. Yeah, indeed. And I feel that, you know, having that human element in your story also humanizes your brand, which makes it more relatable for your audiences. You've talked about case studies and short videos being helpful in engaging audiences. What other types of content do you see most in demand from clients and what best resonates with audiences? Yeah, I mean, we have, as I've mentioned, such a diverse client base, so it's hard to really pinpoint one type of content. But many of our clients and many of our readers are faced with various questions around transformation in business every day. So from sustainability to digitalization to the future of the workplace. And so for us, finding stories that can break down as I kind of mentioned before, the complexity in those areas and then present solutions or thought leadership that enables decision-making for our busy readers. That's the sweet spot. And as I said, that's like often very successfully done through experiences of real people and case studies, because I think it's one thing to digest information that's sort of theoretical, but if you actually hear the, the testimonial of someone who's gone through that or have somebody lead you through an expert let's say we're talking about the the Indian tech companies that we work with if you have uh, an advisor an expert helping you understand here's a very big concept that you've heard thrown around the boardroom for a lot of times but here's a real example of how we took that problem and solved it in, an, in for other clients or this is the technology and this is how it works and how it could apply to you I think those are really useful things for people to understand especially when they're pressed for time. What are some content trends you're seeing here in Asia? For us, I think a lot of Asian companies come to publishers like The Journal to communicate stories outside of the region, right? Because it's it's an international title. So whether that be about international business expansion or acquisitions or offering international viewers and readers a deeper understanding of the opportunities to be found in the Asia Pacific region. I mean, there's so much growth here in in this part of the world as we know, and so many exciting opportunities. So there's a lot to talk about in terms of innovation and potential here. And I think when companies speak directly um, from this region out to the rest of the world, they have this ability to get deeper into the stories that perhaps don't come out always in other sorts of campaigns. Let's switch gears and talk about influencer marketing, which is a big trend here in Asia. 
for a brand which is rooted in serious, heavyweight journalism like Wall Street Journal? Where does influencer marketing stand? To be honest, the influencers that that mean something to, to us in our work are, are very are not the KOLs that we're going to be seeing on TikTok or uh, Snapchat. This makes me sound like a granny because I really don't know much about these things. <laughs> uh, we're seeing across Asia. I mean, influencer marketing doesn't really come into play for us as much in our, in our work, to be honest, in the way that perhaps it does for other agencies. Many of our readers are, you know, they're working at the top of their fields, their C-suite leaders and innovators who are looking less to be led to a story through an influencer, because in a sense, you know, they are an influencer. They are these important business influencers and they want to understand something through a trusted authority or a voice and a real experience. And so for me, if I had to think of an influencer, it's actually more likely to be a startup founder or a thought leading chief executive who can help bring a story to life and, and give an insight and, and probably share something that you might not get in regular interviews and help people and help our readers think in a, in a fresh way. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, them coming from the business industry, they would also be more relatable to the C-suite readers that you're targeting too. Yeah, absolutely. Could you tell us what are some of your plans for the Asia arm of the trust? You know, what are you working on that's going to be in the new world of content for us? At the Trust, we're really lucky to be able to think not just about content, branded content, but also the intelligence and insights that um, inform that content, the research that, that gets done by various teams within, within Dow Jones, um, and also custom events. So I think as the world starts to get together a bit more, we'll be able to look at the intersections of these things, um, making stories that are really informed by data and research and harnessing the live journalism approach that we also have expertise in. We can connect and create networks for our membership communities, both online and offline, um, that add value through storytelling and original thought. And I think that's really a goal of the trust internationally, um, not simply in Asia. Um, I think it's important for us to consider the work we do for a global audience and work with clients here, always having that global lens in the work we do with them, because Anything we, we create in Asia is going to be seen alongside a huge amount of international content. And so that's one of the most exciting things we can do often with, with clients in Asia. It's We might be the first um, content agency um, in-house studio for a large media organization that they've worked with outside of their region. And so often our role is to help them understand that story might work Domestically, that story might work regionally, but really the story that our international readers want is this. And I think that's actually a very exciting thing to work on in Asia because there's such a rich pool of brilliant brands and innovation to talk about. And it's helping get that message out in a way that sits comfortably and hopefully, you know, in a really strong way alongside any other international news story going. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the Trust's services, visit thetrust.wsjbarons.com. Want to have your story told? Contact us at www.marketing-interactive.com.